Stephen Drew from the Architecture Social, and I am here today with a very special guest from Article 25, fantastic charity in architecture. David, hello. How are you today? Are you okay? Thanks. Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Stephen? I'm all right. Thanks for being patient. So David was kindly waiting 10 minutes because I I have at the moment, I on the weekends, because it was flooding, I had a leak, had a massive leak, and I had all this rain coming through. And it wasn't nice because your home, it's your shelter. And when these things kind of happen and when this rain's pouring through, it made me feel like, oh, you feel a bit exposed. And I guess that ties in and made me think it was good timing that we were speaking actually, because Article 25, a fantastic charity, but for anyone that doesn't know it, what, what is the charity about? So, uh, yeah, we're, we're humanitarian architects. Um, we take our name from the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. Um, yeah. And that's all about uh, having the equal right of access to safe shelter. Um, so for us, that means that we, we apply ourselves to very challenging settings. They could be after a natural disaster, a stroke like an earthquake or a hurricane, or it could be post-conflict. So it could be, you know, decades into uh to a society that has otherwise um kind of grumbled and been ignored maybe by um the, the global uh aid world um or it could just purely and simply be in the face of poverty so in those settings we work with those communities in those quite challenging settings to design and build schools hospitals and homes uh, where they're needed most um we're based in london uh so in a way we're a not-for-profit architectural practice um, what you might see in a normal commercial setting, you would expect to see in ours. The only difference is that the client, so to speak, um, might be a teacher uh, who's um, providing education for disabled and able-bodied children in Tanzania, or it could be um, the families who lost their homes in the hurricane in 2017 yeah. over in the Caribbean. All right, fantastic. So, unfortunately, bigger problems than my uh, roof, right? So, we're, we're kind of conquering Beirut. We're, we're giving fantastic kids um, who are, unfortunately, in dire circumstances, you're giving them quality of life, giving them schools. Because that was my introduction with the charity. So, many moons ago, where I feel it's a bit more like in my youth, we were knocking around, and I w- was kindly invited to Adamson's Association and then Adamson's and Associates are based in Canary Wharf. And you are actually in the same tower as Adamson's a few floors down. And there was an event going on and it was... um I think it was like a show and tell. It was like your, your, whether it's a monthly gathering of all the architecture students that are helping out, all the architects involved, and you were showcasing your work. And you guys were like, hey, come in and have a glass of wine. And so I joined and I, I kind of gate crashed an Article 25 meeting and it was brilliant. And at the time, there was two projects, and one of them was a, a, a large-scale hospital. I forget what country it was in, but basically it was an existing hospital where there was big issues with water, big issues with things not being clean, and you, uh, your team, the Article 25, basically went in there a bit like Superman and kind of sorted it all out, and everyone had clean water, and the hospital was much more efficient. It had beds and so forth, and it was much better the other project was a school which is amazing as well so i think the charities um 
have been really, really interesting. And so it's kind of evolved over the years. And there's been, a, and we touched upon it briefly before, there's been a, a few things. There's a few reasons that people might have seen you in the news as well. Can you maybe let us know of a few schemes that you've done recently, a bit like the school or the hospital, give people a flavor of what you you give back to the community? Yeah, of course. So um, we're, uh, we're a relatively small team uh we certainly wouldn't appear in the aj 100 if uh, if we were a commercial practice there are six architects um i'm the only non-architect working for the charity and um, all of them have got a background in, in commercial architecture um prior to, to joining our team and they lead our projects um and the effort that goes into to making these things a reality so currently we're working on uh, a school in uh, Niamey, which is the capital city of Niger. Um, it's a beautiful school using a stone called laterite, which can be um, hand cut from the ground and left to air dry for a couple of weeks. And then it becomes sufficiently robust as a construction material with extremely low embedded energy in it and helps to keep classrooms cool because it's a great, uh, great stone. Um, mm -hmm. Working on a hospital project in Nepal with a charity called Leprosy Mission uh, England and Wales. Okay. Um, it's always actually an existing project, but it's expanding. Uh, and it's not just treating uh, leprosy patients. It's a general hospital as well. Um, we've got a preschool that's being built. It's the second phase of construction just complete um, in Tanzania for child support Tanzania, which is for um, able-bodied and disabled children alike. Um, we're working on a, an orphanage uh, in the north of the country in Tanzania called uh, Boma. Um, wow. with Operation Smile on a cleft lip and palate centre in Morocco, um, in Marrakesh. Um, so, and then there's a, a huge 20-year-long project, a retrofit of an existing hospital in Yangon uh, City, which is in, in Myanmar. Um, and then we've actually also, even during lockdown, managed to get another couple of projects off the ground as well. So we're, um, we're building a new hospital on Montserrat, where the previous hospital was destroyed in the late 90s by a volcanic activity. Um, and we're rebuilding 676 new homes uh, across the, the island of Dominica in the Caribbean as well, which was struck by uh, a hurricane uh, a few years back. And they're still sadly um, trying to rebuild that community. So we're wow. a very, very busy practice. We work right across that kind of spectrum of, of healthcare access, education and, and shelter. Um, but that's where the effort goes. That's where we put all of our energy and attention. Wow. Okay. That was a lot of projects. <laughs> no rest for you guys. So that's really interesting. So there's there's so much going on now. And, and to kind of dip into it, so you've got so many projects here. What's quite interesting as well, because we touched upon the Architectural Benevolence Society before, which is a good charity, and Article 25, also a fantastic charity. They're both quite different and complementary. And what was interesting from what you're talking about is that at Article 25, you actually have architects that build these buildings, improve lives. So it, in terms of charities, it's 
what you have to get your head around, and that's what I had to understand. So when I gate crashed at first, and with with you guys, where you humbly invited me in to look at the charity, it did feel like going into an architecture studio. You're talking about projects, you're talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, hang on, is this a charity? You know, there's no. It didn't feel like uh, red noses and shaking boxes, which is obviously still a good cause. And um, it's just very different because you have projects, you have, and part of the charity as well. Yes, there's raising awareness and raising funds, but actually there's the other side of it where like a practice, you have to, you work at a budget for a scheme and problems come up and probably the, the architects as they go along, they encounter issues with the hospital and they have to, or the project and they have to deal with it. So so in terms of yourself, David, this must be very different than because you've had a successful career before and come into Article 25. So was it a bit like rocking up to a charity and going, wow, this is also an architecture practice and this is different? Yeah, very different in, in a number of ways, really. I think uh, one of the first things that really attracted me to to Article 25 is just how tangible the impact is with, with the charity. I've worked with other organizations in roles that have been very focused on making changes to legislation and policy around environmental protection. Um, or I've been trying to help tackle big, big uh, health issues like HIV advocacy and FGM in, in Africa. But again, you're in this um, kind of huge community of, of agencies and, and organizations of different scales, all trying to tackle the same problem. And then it's really difficult to be able to kind of claim that you've made a positive uh, impact on on the individuals that you're trying to support. Of course, you, you get the sense that you are, but can you really for certain um, confirm that the work that you've done has had the positive impact that you try to set out to achieve? So what's really great about something like Article 25 is that if you build a school where it didn't exist and where literacy rates are lower than 30% in a country like Niger or Burkina Faso, and you've created space for 1,200 students to pass through that school every year, then you know for sure that you've actually done something to support that community and enable those individuals um, to have a, a much brighter, uh, economically more free life. They've got the opportunity to, to gain the formal education that we so often sadly take for granted in, in the UK that just doesn't exist um, to the same extent elsewhere in the world. So that's that's one of the things that really attracted me. I think the other is, is as you touched on, that it does look like an architect's um, studio. And and one of the, there were kind of two principles that one of our founding trustees, Jack Pringle, who's past president of the RIBA, is still mm -hmm. actively involved with the charity and on the board. When he was approached to set the charity up, um, by another past president, Maxwell Hutchinson. Uh, he said, I'll, I'll help you on two conditions. The first is that we're going to do stuff. We're not going to just sit around and talk about the ideas of um, using architecture for good. We're actually going to do it. Uh, and then second, if we're going to do it, then we're going to do it just as professionally as we would if it were a commercial profit-making project in our studios. And so those principles have kind of been the pillars of the charity, and that's where that's where the, the professionalism and the uh, kind of commercial approach to delivering these projects um, still exists, even though the clients are different, the resources and materials available are very different, the settings are different, the challenges are different. Um, but actually, it's still um, you know a, a good design and build project that we want to make sure meets the needs of the people who are going to use those buildings. 
Amazing. So there's a lot of good that's done, and I, I love how accessible it is. And yeah, it to me, it's pretty much like a studio. So there's other events that come around it. So we're talking about the projects. There's loads of ways to get involved. So just uh, I'll give a flavor of even if you're not someone. So Article 25, my impression, and correct me if I'm right or wrong, David, is that it really is a case where you can get involved in a lot of different ways. So I actually went to one of your auctions before. And I narrowly missed out on spending £200 on a picture, which my, my friend was like, you don't need that picture. And I was like, I am having that picture and this is going to charity. So I'm doing a good cause. Right. <laughs> so, but then maybe I'm like, oh, maybe it wouldn't have fit. And actually he bought a picture and I look back and I'm like, oh, you know what? <laughs> but there was, there, yeah. But um, do you know, there was one really good one. So you, there's, uh, so there's talk about the, I, I'm on about, I think the eight by eight drawing event, which is a great, fundraiser that you guys do as well and what i like is that what you talked about is the projects that make a difference and as well so that could be global that's around the world and in terms of london the events that you do in terms of fundraising and other asserting uh, at the times of the year uh there's a the eight by eight drawing which was really successful and that raises awareness for the charity raises funds for the charity and you can buy an architect's drawing is that right yeah so uh it's coming into its its 10th year this year and normally we host a, a big live event which obviously we we sadly can't do this year but it will still be um hosted over a two-week period as a silent auction so the idea is that we uh, drop a grid across a different part of london and each of those grid squares becomes the the inspiration for uh, for the creation of, of wonderful artworks that uh, architects, engineers, artists, sculptors alike all uh, come together and create pieces, which they then donate to Article Twenty Five, and we auction those off to raise funds in support of our work. So uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a flagship fundraising event for us. It's one of those great kind of in the calendar moments for for us a great chance for us to meet with our supporters um and even if you're not there to to buy the artwork it's a a wonderful evening and and quite a spectacle to see you know the theater of a live auction as well it's very very entertaining um great way to to raise funds but oh sorry i had an idea sorry i'm jumping in i got excited in my head what 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 about david i'm springing this on you right now so we'll see if this one makes the final cut right what about if on the architecture social there's a competition for the best drawing and the best person that does the drawing can they could that could that drawing then be in eight by eight this year as the architecture social drawing as someone can uh or buy for the and win for the charity i think this is a great idea the only bug is that it's it's probably annoyingly just too late for this year because we're, we've, just been, we've just been gathering up the artworks that, so that we then put them up on on the platform because it's it's literally in a, cu- a couple of weeks' time we'll go live sell it, um, to 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 start collecting bids. But we can absolutely set it up as uh, as a competition and get it. We can even Ooh. get it going straight away. Um, oh, okay. It's coming up for for next autumn. That'd be a really nice. Really nice way to get people involved. That would be. I love. I love it. Exclusive here first. Victory bell. <laughs> Yay! I love it. Amazing. And, and and that is. It's so much fun. And it, and it, what I find interesting about this. This was an organic conversation. Now we talked last week about doing this, uh, this podcast, and in the moment. And there's so many ways to get involved with the charity. And I think that. 
it was great when you humbly let me see the charity and I went to this event and it was, it was really awesome. So it's about half of it's about people getting involved. And what I like is that, and that there is no requirement per se. You can literally go to an event or you can be someone, if you wanted to get involved at certain times of the year, what's interesting is that you open up the, the charity and offer experience and positions for uh, architectural assistants or architects. And I think it would be worth talking about that, David. And we, we unpicked it a bit earlier. So occasionally you will post advertisements for these projects. Can you run through how it comes about? So say now there's a project, how you need an architect, how you need an architectural assistant and, and what you would do to find that person. Yeah, of course. So uh, I mentioned that we're, you know, quite a small team, but that we're also I rattled off a quite a long list of, of live projects that are on the go. And that's also not thinking about some of the, the upcoming things that we're getting into feasibility. Um, but to make these projects um, happen, you know, make them a reality, we, we really do need the help and support of um, the built environment sector at large, architects included, to, to help us from, from London. So um, a part of that is that as, as with any, any charity, um, it, it, with any cause attached to it, volunteering is, is a very big part of helping to support our charity and we simply would not be able to deliver the amount of work and support that we do without the support of volunteers. And a, a big part of the volunteering at Article 25 is uh, at the part one and part two stages of somebody's um, development into and career development into architecture, and so um, we we ask and invite people to to approach us to share their CVs and portfolios um, and go through a, you know quite a competitive recruitment process. And I suppose the reason it's competitive is because the types of projects that you get the opportunity to work on are really quite different from those that you might find in a, in an otherwise paid role um, in a commercial practice in London, yeah. the feedback that we get from, from our volunteers is that it's so, so invaluable. Uh, you know, even now when, when the marketplace is so competitive for jobs, we just um, successfully placed one of our volunteers in HTA um, and she'd been working with us for about six months. Um, she was working on uh, the Operation Smile Clefford and Pallet Centre, uh, amongst other projects. So they get a really immersive experience, um, of course, sadly based in London rather than on site. Um, it, could, it would be wonderful to, to get the chance to, to give people the opportunity to work on site. But those roles that we do also do uh, voluntarily are, are reserved for people with um, with some more substantial experience. So there are opportunities at more than one stage in your career with Article 25 if you're heading into architecture. And we hope that the, the support that we give to you as a volunteer with the mentoring and coaching that we're giving through our uh, project mm -hmm. architects is is a part of your own learning and application of that learning that you've had from the university setting into the workplace. Um, and of course, then we're, we're well networked across um, the architects, uh, some, of the, some of the best architects in the world. And so we, we often reach out to them to ask if they're looking to recruit any part one and part two um, yeah, yeah. staff members and then successfully get them going on their careers right let's flash this out because i love this point and this is this is an interesting one right now because i've done a lot of webinars about how people should get a job okay and 
in a and, and I got to be careful of the words I say here for anyone listening. So any commercial practice, I think, should be offering a paid uh, salary. Now, I'm on the the key word I use there is commercial company. What I'm talking about is when an architectural business builds a building for said client. So Foster's, when they were building the Bloomberg HQ, they were getting paid for that. And my opinion is that anyone working on that building that is not Mr. Foster's and is on their team should be paid a salary. Now, what are we talking about here with Article 25? And the reason why I bring this up is because I posted uh, the awareness of a role that was posted in Article 25. Now, what you're saying is you will pay for transport. You will pay for that. There's the exposure you get is fantastic. Unfortunately, there's not a salary involved. Now, the way I view Article 25 when it comes to this role is that it's kind of a transient point or like a revolving door on your way to success, right? If you want to work in a successful architectural commercial practice, the point is the experience that you get at Article 25 is going to be really valuable. You, yes, okay. Potentially, you're not, you're not going to be paid right now for this position, but it's the experience that you get there, which then can get you, as you use in a literal example, someone got a job at HTA Architects. That is a great practice that is somewhere which is really, um, people aspire to be. Now, the experience that the individual got from Article 25, how I'm, I have no doubt reading between the lines that in an interview, rather than going, I would love to work at HTA and, um, yeah, just let me in the door. If someone says, look, while I've been looking, it's a bit of a difficult time. I've been involved with a charity called Article 25. And what they do is they give back to the community. And I was involved on a live project, a hospital or a school. And what we did is we took it from design to practical completion. Or I helped go on site. I helped solve those problems. This is experience that's going to get you a job. And I think that is progressive. Okay, it's not as it's it's not a paid salary right now. But what we're talking about is getting experience going towards that, and actually the exposure that you get with yourself. And you talked about Mr. Jack Pringle, and you got Mr. Prasad, and you. And I remember going into this meet, and then and you actually you listen to these um, oh, hallmarks. Um, so I sound like I'm gushing, so Mr. <laughs> Pringle, but you know he has done a lot of really good stuff, and so. So you're there and you get this exposure that you'd never you'd never get to before. Now, you're not saying, David, to this person that they've got to stay there forever in a day. You, you understand the realities of life that there's probably a time window that people can do this. There's a there's there's this like, look, I can do three to six months in the summer i'll enjoy it and it's a, it's a trade-off for you because you impart all you get you give um to the to this individual this really good exposure but then to to the to the person that's helping you out they actually help you out as well david don't they they help make it happen and so it's a it's a really good trade-off and so that's where i go back to i find that this is very different than working at a commercial practice that goes sorry david i can't pay you right now but if you can keep building <laughs> my commercial scheme where I make a profit on, then great. So it's very, very different. And I want, I think that it was good to make that distinction right here, right now, on why I think it's good to work for Article 25, but why I still believe that as a person, you should get paid to do commercial enterprises.
Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it, I'd love to be able to to make the, the volunteering itself as accessible as possible. Um, and so I'm also kind of taking this opportunity to, to really, you know, pitch back to the, to the AJ100. Um, you know, if, if every one of those practices was to give Article 25 just £1,000 a year, that would be a sizable chunk of funding to support Article 25. And that in itself could enable us to create, you know, some form of grant support to to be able to make mm. volunteering experience more accessible to people who can't sadly afford um, not to be earning whilst living in London, which we completely appreciate. It's so so challenging. Um, at the moment, all that we can sadly do is is help to cover some of those kind of day to day costs of travel and, and food. Um, but we would love to be able to make it more accessible. And there are some other schemes out there. Um, you know, Stephen Lawrence Trust as um, mm. something through the RIBA as well that that does exist for people to be able to apply for for some financial support early on in in their careers. What we hope we're doing, where we're not able to give that that financial support, is we're giving them that real exposure to uh, rolling your sleeves up and getting on with projects from feasibility through concept into construction design, all of the standard um, stages you might see in the RIBA process applied in a very different context and like you said you know if you're stood as a candidate in front of a prospective employer it's a bit like trying to get yourself into you know oxford or cambridge university everybody's got straight a's so now how do we make the distinction between you as a great candidate and another person as a great candidate how are you different um and so you know from the world of sport they talk about having marginal gains those small things that you might be able to do to help you become more competitive and have that edge over your competitors and I would suggest that something like volunteering with an architectural organization is one of those marginal gains. You can present a portfolio that looks very distinctly different from most of the other people in the room. And that will hopefully help tip them towards you rather than somebody else. Well, I think it's more than just marginal because I've done recruitment for six years and I was a part one and part two. And I think any experience on any light building it puts you at a, a substantial gain or and a, sub, a substantial advantage over anyone else in an interview who doesn't have that experience. And I'll tell you, when I was starting a recruitment business many years ago, I was in a startup office, David. And what always makes me laugh is that there was this one little media company. And um, I can't remember the name of the company. Oh, I can. Um, I can't remember the names of individuals. And what was interesting in the media uh, business, and it's a bit like the fashion, there's this element of people start as apprentices and they work unpaid for a year or two. And it's kind of like, if you want to make it in this business, I did that. Therefore, you do that. And what we're on about here is completely different than that. You're saying, look, if you, if you work hard for three months on this live project, then you get experience. We're going to pay for you to come in. Unfortunately, that's all we can do right now. But you do this as long as you want to as well. You know, obviously, we want you to work hard on the project and get stuck in, and we want that kind of person. But you're saying, look, when you, you work up to a point, and you would you would be happy, David, for someone to go off after doing this project, and they they their career soars. You know, they look back. Yeah. And yeah. for you as well, then when people get involved with a charity and they go to other companies, that's good for spreading awareness as well, isn't it? So then people at HTA are aware of the good work of Article 25. So it all kind of goes around. So yeah. that's why I think 
it was good to talk about it here, the difference between uh, working with Article 25 right now voluntarily versus a commercial practice. Okay, my rant's over, David, because I, I was quite happy about I'm quite happy about that because I do think it's a good cause. So the other thing I want to chat about is you, you mentioned you're so busy. COVID. It's yeah. a, now, I'm a bit fatigued with all this coronavirus talk. I'm sure you feel the same. I'm not interested in really talking about what Boris Johnson's up to this week and da 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 da. What's, um, but it must have had an effect on the charity, as in it's made things tougher for everyone, isn't it? It's made tougher for oh, you yourself involved, the architectural team. How has it impacted you? Yeah, so uh, it, ha- it has obviously had an impact. I think um, we've kind of we've kind of got away with, in terms of the project's delivery, it's not hit us as bad as we were expecting it might. Um, anything that's been in construction that has gone through a local lockdown has obviously caused problems. Um, even if there wasn't a local lockdown, it may be that there was restrictions on borders for bringing materials onto site, or the workforce can't get get to the um, to the site if they're not living um, immediately adjacent to the to the site, just because of travel restrictions or the lack of public transport, whatever it might be. There have been some delays in delivering um, against our projects, but not not too bad. Um, Good. I think the biggest strike really has been. Um, around our fundraising um, and you know so much of what what we try to do outside of the projects is to raise cash to support the charity's existence to um, to allow us to essentially at the start of any project we'll make financial losses to to create feasibility studies which then might become funded projects but don't always become funded projects so we want to be able to build you know that kind of fighting funds to be able to support communities and and give them a sense of what a, a school might cost and how long it might take to build. Um, and to do that, we need to raise cash. So we've we've struggled on that front because normally we'd go to you know we'd go to big events like MIPIM where they'll give us free delegate passes to do networking and try to build corporate relationships for sponsorship. We had a a big corporate sponsor who just a week before lockdown was about to come on board, but then had to just pause on that because mm. for obvious reasons, you know, they need to to focus on saving their own business before they think about how they might expand their own corporate social responsibility agenda. Um, there are events, you know, we were going to have a team cycling last month across Tanzania visiting um, one of the construction sites, the Tanzania school. They were going to be fundraising for us. We were going to run the Hackney Half Marathon, which got cancelled. There's a construction industry Christmas ball that we were about to start up again that used to be hosted by Stanhope and supported the Architects Benevolent Fund before we were trying to re- reignite that. There were all of these things that were ready to go. And and then obviously the, the rug's been pulled from under us. So we're, we've managed to, you know, financially, we, we think we're going to weather the storm. We've managed to do a few much smaller scale things to, to encourage people to support us. So you can sign up to give us a few pounds a month if you're in the position to be able to support us like that. You can uh, sign up for direct debit. We did a T-shirt design competition earlier in the year, so you can buy T-shirts with Article 25's um, designs on. And again, the, the profits from those come straight back to the charity. Um, the renewable energy power, the organic cotton, everything you'd expect from you know a sustainability organisation. Um, but those big kind of those big events and those uh, opportunities to raise cash with corporates has kind of really taken a, a knock. Um, so. The best thing that anyone could do in the coming months, if they happen to have 
saved a bit of money on all of the prep sandwiches that they might not have bought for the last six months would be to to um to send some of that to to article 25 amazing and we will definitely post a link on that there and i i quite like as well if some what's great about article 25 and is we're talking about the eight by eight drawing there's lots of ways to give back i so Obviously, it's if anyone can spare, and of course, you're talking about if they can do it. Um, everyone's got to look after themselves right now. If there's a if you, if you can be flexible, then a direct charity, uh, a direct. Oh gosh, what's the word? A donation. Oh god, where where's my brain today? Huh? A donation would be appreciated, and then that trickles down to a keeping Article Twenty Five afloat, helping people get amazing experience on projects, and as well, I mean, you get really good buildings that get built and yeah. save lives. So that's good. And then there's other ways that people can get involved. So how? So say now I haven't got any money in my bank because my roof's leaking, and uh, you just saw day that my internet cut off just now as well so it's all going wrong in the Stephen drew household but i really want to help the charity i really want to get involved so how can people help indirectly is there any ways that are supportive definitely i mean i suppose first and foremost it's just as important for us to share and raise awareness of our work so to share our work with your friends and family and colleagues some of whom might be in a position to make a donation even if Maybe you can't. You know, we're we're currently we've got launched an appeal in support of uh, of shelter in in Beirut. You might have seen in the AJ um, yesterday. And so, if people want to share um, the, the link to that fundraising appeal, um, that would really help because the further we can spread it, the more likely we are to to raise the the cash. Um, if you want to kind of use your creative. Um, skills in a slightly different way we've currently got a greetings card um design competition going where um if if your um work is uh, is judged to be one of the winning entries it would then feature on greetings cards that um go on sale through a, a company called making the difference cards and all of the funds go to to article 25 on the sale of those greetings cards not just christmas cards all, all year round um so i think very much that kind of raising awareness and taking kind of getting involved you can offer to support us um, as a volunteer, not just in the architecture world as well, because we're just the same as um, any other charity in, in the respects of trying to um, get our message out to the media. So we need people to help us with our communications and with social media and marketing, um, with fundraising itself, with events management, thinking about events like 10 by 10, trying to organize those can be quite um, quite challenging, even when it's being done um, uh, remotely and, and online, we still need that help. So. Um, yeah, it's not just about about the money. Um, of course, that's it's always it's always sadly about having enough money to to get the work done. Um, but any support that people can give to help spread the word of about our work would be hugely appreciated. All right, cool. So everyone, everyone, we need to we need to raise awareness. So let's what we'll do is let's share that because actually the campaign for Beirut, which you want about, it had some really cool footage, the drone footage. And I have to be careful when I use the word cool because I was like, wow, this is amazing. But you're like, oh my gosh, it's actually awful. It's flying through everything. It's like debris. It's like that game Fallout. It's like a post-apocalyptic world. And you just think, and sometimes it's, what what's important to mention about the charity as well it's a shame right now we're in lockdown because when i was in 
the Article 25 office, you really get a sense of realism. And what I think, David, is that we're all in our little bubbles, especially now. And I'm not on about a COVID six people bubble. I'm on about like, I'm in my own little world. I'm in my own little area. And you, it's so easy to get at the moment desensitized to the fact that these things are going on. And what we are talking about here is very literal projects get built in the globe the schools and shelter and housing, it does make a difference. We're talking about someone's quality of life somewhere, going from drinking dirty water to having clean water, having a toilet. Another example that when I was there I can remember was Mr. Prasad talking about ladies changing rooms because there was nowhere for ladies to change so stuff that we completely take for granted these people don't have so i would like to everyone to think about that and the, the more and more you kind of get involved with the charity or the more you research the more you learn that these projects exist it's not we're not on about this it's it's not like it's a bucket where it goes in and you think oh i don't know it's just solving cancer somewhere and that is important Look, I'm not saying that's not important before anyone starts saying, what's wrong with cancer research? I'm like, guys, I think it's great, okay? We all need that. But what I'm saying here, this is a great charity which helps out in terms of the built environment. And we're all passionate about the built environment. We studied it. So what better way to give back? Yes, give to Comic Relief. Yes, give to the British Cancer Foundation because equally important, what you can do with Article 25, though, is that the money that goes towards these projects makes a difference it makes um, a physical difference and we all went into this because we believe in building better built environments so why not help out so on that note david i'm how do we get involved where do we find you on linkedin where do we find the article 25 charity how do we how do we get going so um if you want to head to our uh, our website's article-25.org um, we're searchable on, on all of the social channels, as you might expect, just search by our name, Article 25 on LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel where, uh, when we've been able to host talks that we, that we call Make Design Matter, which is a kind of platform, not just for us, but for other organizations doing similar work to us around the world. Uh, we post them up online for people to, to be able to watch them back. Um, so yeah, do take a look on online and yeah, anything you can do to obviously to help promote our work. I feel like we're still this kind of best kept secret, um, in Mm -hmm. the architecture world and we really shouldn't be, we should be, um, known about the work that we're doing is, is obviously extremely important and the scale of the challenge is is absolutely huge. So, um, yeah, any help you can do to help raise awareness about our work is much appreciated. That makes complete sense. So anyone listening, do tell your employees about all the good work that's been done at Article 25. Please, please do. That's really helpful as well. And there's so many schemes that Article 25 help out with. I'm tempted to say, can you help fix my roof, David? And my my internet's uh, going. But even I know that there's bigger problems at play. And I would much rather that these fantastic projects get built and they help save lives, improve lives and, uh, yeah. More, more beautiful projects around the world that people enjoy and cherish in part of their daily lives. So thank you so much, David. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, no problem. Speak soon.